episode 8 of the Live, Learn, Lead podcast, Leading from Within with George Anderson. Welcome to Live, Learn, Lead. Whether you are a new leader, aspiring to be one, or simply want to master leading your own life, this podcast is for you. Leadership starts from within, and we believe that the first step to leading in any walk of life is to lead yourself. Designed specifically to educate and motivate the leader within you, we have honest and inspiring stories of what success really looks like. Interviews with leadership experts from around the world, and personal insights from me, your host, Natalie Lockyer. Our mission is to make sure we all learn how to live our best lives and lead others so that they can do the same. So welcome. I'm here with George Anderson, who is an expert in well-being and leadership. I'm going to let him introduce himself a little bit more, but he's here today to talk to us about how we keep ourselves well as we lead. How are you doing, Natalie? Good to be on the podcast with you. I'm good. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. Really, really a big pleasure to have you here. Uh, you're, you're welcome. Um, and uh, yeah, talking about leadership, uh, I guess... Uh, now, my my own experience of that has been fairly fairly varied, and it's not something I've run teams of and had to lead in a in a uh, the traditional sense of the term. But uh, I kind of fell into the the fitness industry and the well being world about twenty years ago after graduating from Loughborough with a, a, a master's degree in engineering. So that's kind of my <laughs> my so my epiphany. <laughs> well, it's like this isn't what I want to do for the rest of my life. So I decided there and then that I was going to. Uh, you know, I knew that what I could do was I could have gone into corporate. I could have gone into engineering, and and you know maybe after five six years, get some money behind me, pay off my student loans, and then go back and do something I really passionately wanted to do, which was around helping people. Um, and uh, I knew that that wouldn't happen. <laughs> if we're being honest like yeah i'll come back to that one day i knew that, that i'd just get into the rat race and it wouldn't be what i really kind of passionately wanted to do so i kind of made the decision there and then and then over the last couple of decades i've uh, i've worked myself i've worked in teams and um I, i've also sort of curated a number of online communities which i i guess really is where a lot of my my leadership experience comes from mm-hmm. where i've had people who uh, have gathered together around me, but but also around a common cause, which is to support each other, to motivate, to encourage each other. And uh, sort of it's evolved over the years. And then I've taken groups out to the Pyrenees for retreats. And I've, um, I've uh, you know, had sort of offline events, online programs that I've run, which again has kind of really caused me to really think about my own style of, of leadership. And, uh, and uh, you know, you, you saw me presenting at an event which was really about um self-leadership not just like how do you lead what makes a great leader it's like we need to learn to lead ourselves first so that's kind of where a lot of the the work i've done over the last couple of decades has has evolved into yeah so for those who are listening i am i found an event on eventbrite or rather a friend who's helping me find events because it takes some time found an event called um what makes a great leader and i was like that sounds brilliant i'm gonna go it's a full day i was like how much is it and it's like oh it's free i was like yeah book me on that Um, Uh what she hadn't done was read the small print (laughs) and realized it was a toastmasters event (laughs) so i turned up and they were like oh what club are you from i'm like oh dear (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i was like oh no no, this is embarrassing (laughs) i'm Um, joining i'll join (laughs) (laughs) i have gone to the north group so yeah i have gone and it it was fascinating and i was just you know it was amazing because 
they let me in and I got to see you speak. I got to see several other leadership experts speak and it just resonated with me so much. And um, yeah, I took that as a moment of self-leadership of going, well, be brave, just go in anyway. <laughs> the worst they can say is no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good for, good for you for just having the courage to, to turn up. I mean, it sounds like you didn't realise at the time anyway, but uh, <laughs> I mean, Toastmasters is an interesting organisation actually because it used to, the strap line used to be Toastmasters International where speakers are made. Mm. Uh, and they, they've rebranded quite recently in the last couple of years. And now the strap line is Toastmasters International, where leaders are made. Mm. So it really is an organization now that's, um, you know, really committed to helping individuals develop leadership skills through better communication. So it was you know, great that you had the opportunity to come and uh, yeah. hope that you, Incredible. you so end up you know, looking at a couple of clubs. Good check out Toastmasters please do it's um it was not what I was expecting and it was definitely a very good learning experience (laughs) yeah so in there you shared some really great insights about what you believe self-leadership is all about and on this podcast we're really trying to help people who are going new into leadership roles or aspiring to become leaders maybe they're not quite there yet um look at how to become a good leader because it's an art form and it's something that evolves over time. So would you mind sharing like a little bit of what you really focus on with your clients when you're talking about self-leadership? Yeah, well, I think with self-leadership, a lot of it starts with self-understanding and self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So, so being aware of, uh, of you, your, yourself, not just your physical self, but your, your kind of mind as well. Your, mm-hmm. um, being, being prepared to do the work on your inner self your beliefs, uh, unpicking and unpacking what some of those might be, your uh, understanding your values and what's really important to you, having a clear sense of identity and and purpose and the difference that you're really trying to make. Because when we get up to that level and and we we get clear on that, it becomes a lot easier to to kind of inspire people around us, I think, because all of a sudden we're not doing what we do just for, for selfish purposes, not just to and progress ourselves, but because there's a connection to something greater than ours, ourselves. So self-leadership for me is very much about is the, the physical health and creating that physical energy through, you know, my background is a personal trainer in the fitness profession, really, I'm never going to leave that behind. So I'm always going to say that it's important to have, you know, the foundations of decent nutrition and, uh, and kind of physical activity and just taking care of yourself. Uh, as Jim Rohn said, um, take care of your body. It's the only place you have to live. And it's totally true. If you don't have that physical energy, it's really difficult to kind of feel the get up and go and the motivation to inspire other people. Um, And to, you know, I I think leadership is about empowering people around you and and getting the best out of them, not just for your own gains, but for their gains as well, empowering them to lead others around them as well. So you have this ripple effect. Uh, And I think it's really hard to do that if you're feeling depleted and and drained physically, mentally, and emotionally and, and spiritually to an extent as well. Yeah. So there's so many studies now, aren't there, about like gut health affecting your mental health and then Mm. how your mind and your body can affect. And I came from a pharma background where, you know, placebo was a really big thing when you're proving against it. And yeah, it shouldn't work. And it does because we've told you this medicine will work. Right. And it's just a sugar Mm. time or a water injection. Um, So I completely aligned with you on that one. So for somebody who's starting out, that's great. I know I've got to improve myself. I know I need to be physically fitter, but this job is super demanding. I'm doing really, really long hours. I don't know how to fit it in. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Where would you say to start? In terms of self-inquiry and, and, and really getting on top of what your own thoughts and emotions are or kind of leading others, do you mean? 
Um, I guess, well, because you said the first part starts with you, right? So where would you yeah, start okay, with yourself sure. and then with others? So I started the easiest place to start, and uh, it sounds really like, like it's almost too simplistic, is, is just to start journaling <laughs> and just writing some of these things down. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have thoughts buzzing around in our minds all day, like every day. And you might feel like you're unpacking things just by thinking them through, but they're so inarticulate when they're in your mind and, and they're so jumbled up with all these other ideas, just writing them down. It doesn't have to be in a nice big fancy leather bound journal or anything special, just a notebook or even the, the app on your phone, just to jot some of your thoughts down and, and the things that are, that, that are important to you. And just getting into the habit of doing this on a regular basis just brings clarity to what those thoughts are and, and is the first step, I'd say, towards increasing self-awareness and self-understanding. And there's a difference between the two. So self-awareness is just the ability to, in the moment, be aware of your thoughts, mm-hmm. to be aware of your emotions, and to be able to kind of regulate and, and manage your emotions, so, so emotional intelligence in there as well. And then the self-understanding is is having this almost this kind of framework and understanding of what your beliefs are, your values are, your identity, your sense of purpose and the things that we spoke about earlier. But but really just setting out with the, the plan of uh, just a bit of judgment-free journaling. So you're not writing down, God, I'm such an idiot, such a loser. All those things I didn't do today, I'm never going to get this. Like, don't judge yourself. Just like be kind of like, like separate yourself from the, the, the subject. So you're like the director in a movie and the actor. And you're looking down and thinking, okay, well, how did he perform today? How did he get on? What was what were the main thoughts that you were having? What were some of the challenges that you were you were struggling against? Uh, how are you feeling? Um, and and without any real goal in mind, other than just to get it out of your head and to bring clarity to it. So I'd say that is the starting point for most people because it didn't take very long to do. That's yeah. a five ten minute thing, you know. If you, the amount of time we spend. Uh, frittering our lives away on social media (laughs) Uh, taking 10 minutes for ourselves something that's so critically important is is a is a is an investment that um anybody who's kind of committed to the cause hopefully is prepared to make Mm -hmm. and so you'd recommend doing that at the end of the day and it doesn't really matter whether you're writing it down or on by hand or on an app just whatever works for you yeah there's some evidence to suggest that right handwriting it like with a physical pen on a piece of paper um, it, it, the, the fine motor control connects to a part of the brain in, in a different way to just typing away. Um, but, you know, go with what works. It doesn't have to be at the end of the day. That, that's the time that works well for me. Some people like getting up in the morning and journaling first thing. It depends on yourself. It, but I think with journaling, sometimes a lot of pressure is put on us. We have to do it in a certain way. You have to do this much every day. It has to be a daily thing. And it doesn't. It really doesn't have to be a daily, a daily thing. Um, or any particular time. There's no rules around journaling. It's just about doing it in, in a way that feels authentic to you and, and works and fits. Um, and again, you haven't got the expectations. Well, I'm going to start journaling and I've done it for seven days now and my life hasn't dramatically changed. Therefore, it's not working. <laughs> yeah, why am I not amazing now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we've got to kind of give Come it on. a bit of time. <laughs> Great. So what would you say like the next step would be for anybody you're coaching, you know, they're struggling, they're, they're starting in leadership what would your next steps be with them? I think about, um, I, I always encourage somebody who's kind of going into a leadership role um, to think about the kind of leader that they want to be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe looking at, we, we tend to admire qualities and, or admire people for the quality that they have, not just the success that they've achieved. 
Uh, and the people we most admire, we can look to them and think, well, what is it about them, the way that they, maybe it's about the way that they lead that, that I particularly admire? Because they're the qualities that generally we can look at and think, well, that's how I want to be. That's, how, that's the kind of leader that I want to be. Yeah, uh, and then we can take it from this fairly abstract. Uh, I want to be a um, you know kind of a hands-off leader. I want to be a um, kind of laissez-faire. I want to be somebody who's kind of really in there and supporting. And we can actually map it across to our own reality and say, well, actually, what does that look like for me mm-hmm. uh, as an individual? So I've got maybe one person who you know maybe it's even an unofficial thing. Maybe you're maybe you're kind of a self-appointed or a volunteer mentor for somebody. That's still a leadership role. Because you're responsible there for for helping, um, kind of helping somebody negotiate or navigate their way through a, a particular part of, of their life, and you're in a great position there to inspire and to motivate and to encourage. So, what what are the what? How can you take what you admire in people around you, the great leaders in your life, and say, well, how can I embody some of those qualities in this situation with this individual? Uh, and you start actually increasing your confidence that you you have got these leadership qualities and that this is your style. And you may not get it right every time, right from the beginning, but just having something that you're like, you're, you, this is, you know, a, a target to aim for. Otherwise we end up just kind of going down the line of, you know, just, it'll be what it'll be. We, we, we can live life more on purpose than that, I believe. Yeah, definitely. So it's about being intentional with it. And how would you define, because there's so many definitions of leadership, there's like servant leadership, authentic leadership, but then different leadership styles as you've just gone over some of them. How would you personally define leadership? Because I feel it's usually quite a personal definition, whether you've borrowed it from someone else or whether it's one you've come up with from your experiences. What for you would you say is leadership? I think leadership is about it's not about something that you do. It's about what other people do. So you can be in a position of responsibility mm-hmm. and still be a rubbish leader. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you, people, people will follow you because they have to, Like You can be a, um, a manager or a kind of the chief exec officer of a big company. And people will just do it at all because they, they kind of just have to, or even with our forces, for example, and there's no, there's no questioning it. Um, but actually, if you want people to follow you, then I, I honestly believe that the best way to do that is to is to create communities where it's not all about you as the leader, and yes. and actually you're empowering other people to make those connections. I think it was um, I forget where where I, where I got it from now, but the, the idea of a kind of a community needing three things: you need to have a leader with an idea, a group of people who share that idea. And the ability for them to to connect with each other, not just back and forwards from the leader to to the individual yeah. kind of participant. So creating communities and cultures, I think that you know, leadership really is about is about that, and it's not about you as an individual. Yeah. Um, and and the quicker you can sort of really cotton onto that and uh, and look at how you can create that in your own reality, in your own world, uh, with whatever resources and opportunities you have available to yourself at the time, which will presumably grow as you kind of go through um, the organization or through your life, um, then it, I, I think that gives, uh, for me personally, it gives a kind of a great sense of satisfaction. And because uh, I, I can see other leaders growing up and, and springing up within that. But I've seen it with my online communities as well, people who have, you know, maybe I've coached and who I've kind of encouraged within the groups uh, uh, then are leading their own groups and have taken other people off and, and doing things and, and kind of doing amazing things and leading. And yeah. I think that is, that's a quintessential component of leadership is, is empowering other people. 
Yeah. So it's not about you being the best. It's about everybody helping everybody else be the best and be aligned to a common purpose is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. Yeah. Seth Godin. That's where I got it from, by the way. I just, the name <laughs> just escaped me for a moment there. <laughs> <laughs> I did it all the time. I, th- I think that's really powerful because I think we, we quite often think it's about knowing all the answers and, and I don't hear you saying that. No, I think you need to have some, you know, it's good to have some answers. It's good to have some credibility. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I, I was doing a, a live stream last night to one of my, my, my groups. Um, and you know, somebody asked the question and I was like, you know what? I don't know the answer to that, but I'll find out for you. And, and I, I, I'd always rather do that than just give it the whole, you know, circumnavigate the question and try and answer a different question just <laughs> because I don't want to look stupid. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've seen people do that, and that's one of the. I guess that's one of the qualities that I don't admire in people when when I see them doing that. So I'd rather just say, you know, I don't know the answer, and, and go and get the answer. It's not about knowing everything. Yeah. Um, it, it's 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 a difficult one to define. And uh, Aditya, one of the other speakers at the conference, was very kind of clear on that in his talk uh, about how you know there are so many different definitions of what makes a great leader, and we could be here for like all week and still not come to a conclusion. Like nobody's defined this is the only way to the best way to lead um but certainly nobody i don't think has ever said that you have to be the most knowledgeable person in the room many people have said that you need to surround yourself with people who are more knowledgeable than you mm-hmm. that, that's a fairly common one and that again just really throws throws a bucket of water in the face of anybody who says you have to know all the answers yeah. so it's definitely not about your knowledge base it's about um having the resourcefulness to be able to uh, as I said, empower and surround yourself with people who who, who kind of are smarter than you, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I always love being the smaller person in the room because I'm like, oh, great, I can learn from you. But um, I know that's sometimes yeah. the intimidating for people and I'm probably a little bit weird when I, I'm very happy gravitating towards that. Yeah, and, you know, you, you say that, Natalie, and that's, 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 that is a quality that I kind of hugely admire, that, that you, you, you're like that. And so many people will put their ego first and and want to be the smartest person in the room, or want to be the best, and um, and I think that really shuts you off to massive learning opportunities. Uh, whereas if you're if you're there because you're willing that you can you can or you will learn, it's the only way to learn, right? If you haven't got an open mind and you believe that you know the answers and you're right all the while, then you cannot learn. Yeah. So and if you can't learn, you can't grow. Exactly. So so I have to have that attitude, I think, as a as a leader. Yeah. So for me, one of my really deep set like values or, or beliefs is is in growth and learning. So nearly everything mm. I do is about where can I learn, where can I grow. It's not even mm. about the achievement at the end of that. Is how can I learn from this? Um, most of the time, you know, we all have down days when I'm like, oh, why can't I just be good? But <laughs> <laughs> we all have yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's where the adrenaline kicks in because <laughs> puts it into perspective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was wondering if we could touch on that when you're talking about adrenaline because. Um, one of the things you do is crazy amounts of running. Like for me, anyway, I'm like, if I jog somewhere, mm. oh, that was tiring. <laughs> but you, you do a lot of very focused running. Can you tell us a bit about that and how that helps you with your leadership? Yeah, I, I, it's a funny one. My my running is um, I've run all my life since I was about eight years old. My my dad took me out. He was in the army, and we'd go out running together in his lunch breaks when I lived out in Germany. And uh, since then, I went to school and I was a track runner, cross country, went to Loughborough and I was a 400 meter sprinter. Um, and, uh, but I was always, I always kind of gravitated towards the long stuff. So when I left Loughborough, I, I moved over to 10Ks, half marathons and then marathons. 
Mm-hmm. And, and then about six years ago, I decided I wanted to go bigger um, and start these kind of bigger challenges. So I, the first one I did was 10 back-to-back marathons, or wow. ten, a marathon a day for 10 days. Uh, and that was fun. Um, it was kind of, I learned a lot about myself in that time. Um, <laughs> was there a point where you're like, why am I doing this? Can I just pretend I've done it today? <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that happened many times. Um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of a funny one because it's, uh, and the, my, my current challenge, you know, in, the, in the meantime, I've done 100 mile ultras, I've done Ironman, I've done big swim runs in the, in the Feld, the Lake District. And then this year, um, I'm training up towards a 12 hour treadmill ultra marathon. Wow. So I did a marathon on Saturday on the treadmill, which took me four hours and um, so six hours will be next and then 12 hours. And one of, the, one of the things that really draws me to that challenge, which I only came up with about a month ago, I was like, this is what I'm going to do this year. Uh, the thing that sort of drawn me towards that. I never use a treadmill. I never use a treadmill because they're so boring. and I'd rather yeah. run outside. And that was kind of part of the point because I wanted something that would force me to go into myself and to, um, to, to really think about how I can separate myself from time. And so I guess it's a kind of a bit of an extreme, slightly odd mindfulness practice for, for half a day. Um, that's what I'm kind of going for. And, very and I found it. Meditation. <laughs> yeah. I, but the, the rhythm of the running, cause running has been a part of my life, like literally since I was eight. So mm. let's call it my whole life. And, um, in different ways, but you know, since I did my, um, this ultra swim run last June, July time, I haven't done hardly any running. I might go out running once or twice a week for a few miles with a dog, but that's it. So I don't really, I don't run all of the time, but then every now and then I kind of feel this draw, this urge, like it's a, a force within me. And, and, and it's something that I need to challenge myself with, not just to go longer and longer and longer, but to do something different that means something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I used the Jim Rohn quote earlier on. There's another great Jim Rohn quote um, around goal setting, which goes something like, don't set a goal for what you will achieve, but rather for what it will make of you in order to achieve it. Ah, so yeah. when I set that goal, it's not about, uh, I want to be the guy who could run 12 hours on the treadmill. Like I want to become something. I want to learn something about myself and kind of hooking this back into the idea of leadership and self-leadership and growth and personal development. You know, this is for me, this is the resistance against which I can push to, to, to grow and to get stronger and to understand like what answers do I can, can I come up with when I'm asked the difficult questions? Because I can sit here now and say, yeah, I'll, I'll do it 12 hours of treadmill. It'll be fine. But like, <laughs> what will I actually be like when I'm at the, the moment of asking, what will I come up with then? And the only way for me to know that is to, is to do it um, and to figure things out along the way. And that's where the learning comes. And I think that, again, in terms of leadership is, is a really, I think that's important. Not that leaders have to do 12-hour treadmill ultramarathons, but to, to be ready and willing to, to challenge and stretch themselves um, and to learn what they can about themselves in the in the process yeah brilliant so it's for you it's a very personal journey to like get to another layer of who you are is what i'm hearing mm. yeah. yeah absolutely so no, it's another layer and there's so many you know i i, I embrace that and mm-hmm. i remember when i was i remember the uh the first time i did a 100 mile ultra with a 24 hour ultra marathon so it's 24 hours you go round around in a circle for like a five mile loop for, for 24 hours midday to midday and, and I knew that there'd be a moment around sort of 3, 4 a.m. where I'd be struggling and I'd be questioning, like, why the heck am I doing this? <laughs> and, um, and, 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 
And I, I realized that that was the reason I was doing it. So I could be asked those questions and, and be able to reach down deeper into the sled. So when that time came, three o'clock in the morning, and I was sat in my recovery chair, and I still had 30 miles, 40, 35 miles to run or something. And, you know, it's the middle of the night. I should be asleep. Every part of my body is saying, you should be asleep. Um, and I was questioning why I was doing it. Then I realized this is awesome. But this is why I'm here, like to, to answer these questions. Uh, and, and that was, as you said, that was kind of unlocking that, that next layer in, in my being, which, which is kind of the value that I got out of that experience. I mean, let's face it, it's pretty pointless being able to run around in circles for a whole day. Like, there's no, there's no need to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, so I dance with someone who, who does do ultra marathons, and he doesn't, he, you know, bless him, he, he wouldn't mind me saying, he doesn't look like a runner, but he does it for a very kind of therapeutic reason, and it's, he finds it quite, like, physically addictive as well. But I think it's just the thought process of just keep going, um, and it's really built his resilience up, and you've noticed a change in him as he goes through these different runs that he does, um, just seeing him develop in who he is, is, is quite remarkable, really, what it can do for you. Um, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people, especially around running, because it has that rhythm and you know, physical activity is very good for you physically and mentally as well. Um, and you can learn so much about yourself. And you know, I, I, I give talks all the time, and especially around running, I talk about the fact that it's not how far you run, it's how much you overcome. Mm-hmm. that really makes a difference. And, you know, I, I wrote a book for beginner runners a few years ago, and I'm always tremendously proud of the mental accomplishment of anybody who can get to a point where they're running for 10 minutes nonstop, uh, when they've told themselves for years and years and years that they're never going to be able to run. I'm not a runner. They built these beliefs up, and all of a sudden, they're shattering these beliefs mm-hmm. and, and breaking through. And 10 minutes, like, it's only 10 minutes, but if you've never believed you could do that and now all of a sudden you are, it's the whole, well, what else can I do? And you mentioned about resilience there. It's resilience, it's grit, it's determination, it's self-belief uh, and the opportunity to start you know, taking this and, and taking it to other areas of your life. Like if you believe, if you didn't used to believe you could run and now all of a sudden you believe you can, it's like, well, I wonder what else I can do that I didn't think that I'd be able to do. Yeah. And that's powerful. Yeah, so we used to see that when I was training in, in jiu-jitsu, we used to see that on the mat all the time. People come in, believe they weren't strong, believe they couldn't do certain things, and they usually were a smaller person, but not always. Mm. And if you'd put them in a situation and they'd just like, it, it kind of explode with this energy and then realize, wow, that was within me. And mm. I just need to find a way to access it. Um, so do you think, like, so one of the things I say to people is, how can you encourage your teams to do the equivalent of that? How can you encourage them to do something? Maybe it's a little bit out of their comfort zone. It's not so far out that we're stressing them, but it's out of their comfort zone and doing something they didn't think they could do. And how can you set up that situation to trust them to go outside their comfort zone and realize they are more capable than they had thought in a work situation? So I really like the analogy of the running and like, okay, it's 10 minutes. So maybe somebody gets up and does like a five minute segment in a, in a big meeting that they'd normally be really quiet in. But that's the same as like running those 10 minutes, isn't it? If they never thought they could. And then. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It is very much about, um, it's very much about helping people recognize and acknowledge the the little wins Mm -hmm. because big step changes don't happen overnight. They happen in small incremental steps and because we have this whole negativity bias going on where we're so much more likely to notice the things that we're 
incapable of doing that we can't do well or that we're not good at um, versus the things that actually we're making progress with. Um, we, we don't we don't acknowledge those things unless we do it deliberately through journaling or having somebody shine a spotlight on those achievements for us, which is again think the sign of a great leader is being able to say not just yes, well done, great job, but being specific about the things that that somebody has done. You know, you did this really well, and this kind of taps into the whole growth mindset piece as well. It's not just the achievement that's being complimented or praised it's the amount of effort the amount that somebody's had to overcome and the significance of that because then that encourages more growth encourages more challenge it encourages more confidence and momentum to, to try something a little bit harder and just stretch yourself a little bit more um and you know some people will will respond to obviously different ways of being encouraged and coached and motivated but um certainly it's it's it's, I think it's important as a leader to help people see what it is that they're doing well. I mean, as a coach, right, that's one of the fundamentals of coaching is, is helping somebody acknowledge what it is that they're doing um, that's already kind of in line with their expectations, their goals, uh, what they want to align with. And uh, you can do that with members of your team, um, but you, you need to have that awareness. You need to, as a leader, you need to be kind of watchful for that and ready to, ready to say to somebody, now, you did a great job there. This is what I observed. This is kind of how I see how you're doing that. Kind of make sure you acknowledge that and recognize the significance of what it is you've just done there. Yeah, brilliant. I love that. Thank you so much. And I'm just mindful of time because it's been a brilliant conversation. and <laughs> I could just keep talking to you forever, but we don't want to take up too much of your time. So sort of kind of to bring all of that in to sort of a close, is there anything you would, if there, you could get like the whole world to listen to you and you could like inspire and motivate and empower the whole world through this, what would you ask that they really, really hear and take on board and receive? Well, I think it would be around that point of uh, acknowledging the things that you are doing well to, to kind of look, not just at how much further you have to go, but how much, how far you've already come. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest one of the biggest influences for success isn't your ability to never fall down and make a mistake. It's your ability to get up faster and, and stay down for less time. So you make a mistake instead of saying, oh, well, that didn't work and, and you know, getting set back. It's about getting back on your feet and, and, and continuing and recognizing, actually, I'm doing okay here. And that those setbacks are going to happen. To not be afraid to fail, to not be afraid to make mistakes. Um, and to acknowledge the progress that you're making instead of feeling like you you should be doing better or that you should be um, continuously you know, going in, in a positive trajectory because that's not going to happen. I think that the more people understand that success is not a straight line um, and there are many ways of defining success and success as a, as a process and, a, and progress, uh, not just as an endpoint. Um, I think that's... That, that to me is a, something I would, I would or certainly I do try and teach, um, trying to get people to think about how they're already doing, not just how much further they have to go. And yeah. uh, so if, I, if, if there could be one thing that the whole world took on board um, and started to think about positively, then that would be it, I'd say. Okay, so guys, you've heard it. Go think about what you're doing well today as well as what you want to improve. Really focus on that. Thank you so much. And so if people want to know a little bit more about you and they want to come find you and see what you're doing, where do they go? Mm, well, my website has all the relevant uh, social links as well, but uh, buygeorgeanderson.com. That's B Y 
georgeanderson.com and uh, everything as I said is on there a bit more about me my coaching my speaking my online programs online communities and things and all the links to my various uh, social platforms as well great thank you so much and thank you for coming and sharing that with us today it's been really thank good thank you Natalie so there we have it folks some brilliant insight into how to start to lead yourself create a mindset for you and support your communities or your teams perhaps now more than ever it is vitally important to go within see where our resilience sits and set ourselves challenges for our health our well-being and for our mindset so that we can lead the very best that we can whether that's just ourselves our teams or our communities i hope you found something useful in today's episode as always please comment like and share and go well lead well today.